Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting with news not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys. Revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. (laughs) Well, here's to an incredible day for all of our listeners, wherever you are. I'm constantly being reminded over the last couple of weeks that each second is certainly a gift bearing a flash of a moment never to return, and at times that moment simply will change us forever. I'm sure that many of you also have had that experience before. And with our brilliant guest today, that could certainly happen. Paul Barbaro is an author, healer, teacher, and an avid health researcher. His strength is that he can take complex subjects and deliver the package with a high degree of understanding. Paul simply zeroes in and ignites the core basics of energy healing. Paula, at the moment, I'm getting the distinct feeling that we are, we as humans and our planet are syncing up, like (laughs) connecting and becoming more consciously aware in which all obstacles can be transformed into opportunities. Our uh, thinking process, I'm feeling, is allowing us to be more in total touch with our immediate presence at all times. I wonder if others are feeling this, too. Um, You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Well, Taz, from um, all the people we've interviewed lately, this certainly is sounding like what you said is so true. Um, Our guest, Paul Barbaro is a real hands-on healing pioneer, and he, he'll he be pulling out of all the stops to ignite your healing at a free upcoming evening event, which will be Friday, March 25th, a full 90 minutes, 7.30 to 9, at the East West Bookstore uh, in Mountain View, and the address there is 324 Castro Street. And everyone will be able to experience healings that evening. Then, on Saturday the 26th, a full workshop. It will be between 1 and 4. Paul has completed his fourth book on tribal healing, appropriately named Two Shamans and a Healer. And it will be out in a couple of weeks. And all the attendees who will be at the East West Bookstore Well, um, it's going to be like a PBS special. You will not want to miss this. You won't need 5D glasses for this. The result will speak for for itself. Uh, Paul, it's it's such a great pleasure to have you back with us again. Welcome to our show. And thank you for inviting me. Well, this hour is going to be a lot of fun talking about all the healing opportunities that, that you bring to our people. Well, you know, you have this new book on on the shelf, and uh, it's ready to pop here in uh, in in a week or so. And two, it's called Two Shamans and a Healer. Now, you have that title is really uh, amazing, and I wonder if you might share how that title came about. Okay. Yes. Uh, I was a I was born a healer as for as far back as I can remember. Three and four, I was a healer um, from a long line of healers. Uh, I had uncles, grand my grandmother and my mother all were RNs. Um, my uncle was a was a nurse assistant in uh, World War II with the soldiers. So I'm from a long line of healers, and I would work on my friends and family and. I would get good results, and I thought I was pretty hot, except as I got a little older and a little later in life, I lost 
five major uh, close best friends. Now, it's one thing if an acquaintance dies, but it's it, I take it personally when a, when a close best friend dies because, number one, I lose my best friend, and number two, I was unable to help them. So I asked the universe, what am I missing here? Because I was pretty good, but I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. I also lost two siblings that were that were like best, sim, you know, pick of the litter is what I call them from a family of 12. Um, and everyone died younger than me except for uh, my uncle Victor, who died maybe, he was probably 20 years older than I at the time. And I really took that personally. So I asked the universe, what am I missing? And they said, you know, go out there and seek your answers. Uh, by the way, I'm an angel whisperer, so... I uh, when I paint myself into a corner, I ask my angels and I say, you know, what do I have to do here? And they'll tell me. And the answers come pretty quick. And I've run into all other angel whispers and we compare notes. And the nice thing is the notes actually match up. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a little bit off track here. So I'd go to these conventions, these health conventions, like the Whole Life Expo and the Living Arts Expo and these Cancer Society meetings and all kinds of places where healers converge. And I'd corner, you know, anyone who I could corner, your doctors, your chiropractors, your Asian uh, natural medicine people, just anyone who, who I could corner, your energy healers, your uh, sound healers, your your uh, ho your homeopathic healers, and I'd ask them, what am I missing here? And they would give me these complex, sometimes not even understandable answers, and I left very, very unsatisfied. Well, one day I was in Alaska. This was in July of 2008 now, uh, quite a number of years ago now, and there was a shaman out in the middle of a great big field. It was probably two city blocks by two city blocks. Everything in Alaska is big and spread out, huge. <laughs> and he was doing a ceremony, and I said, well, I'll wait till he gets done with his ceremony, and I'll go up and introduce myself and ask him some questions. Now, sometimes when I'm talking to people, I don't know where these questions are coming from. They simply come from the other side through me, and it even surprises me. So I walked up to this guy, and his name is Running Deer. He got done with his ceremony. He had a little blanket out there and some bones and rocks and sticks and other things that were important to him on this blanket, and he was barefoot in a 50-degree day in Alaska. And when he was done, I, you know, I introduced myself. I'm, I'm part Mohawk, so that was my introduction. I said, look, I'm part Mohawk, and I need to know a little bit about Native American healing. Um, out of all the chakras and pressure points on the body, because, you know, you look at these Asian charts, and they're all in Chinese, and they have all these maybe two to 300 points on the body, I said, what's the most important? And he said, I'll tell you something. You can put all that aside for a, a while and, and, and listen to what I'm telling you. He said, there's six spots on the body that are most important. He said, the forehead, the front heart, and the dantian, and on the back of the body, the occipital, the back heart, and the sacrum. And he said, when you work on these points, it releases past trauma the fastest. And number one, I'd never heard that past trauma was significant in your life. And number two, I'd never heard of these points as being important, although I was familiar with the chakras. Now, when I write my books, I don't put the word chakra in there because people can be confused with the concept, but they all understand front and back heart. They all understand occipital and dantian and all that. So I asked him, how do you release the early trauma then? And he said, well, your hands are jumper cables, or they're like jumper cables, and you connect one circuit with the other, like, say, front heart to either back heart or forehead or dantian or sacrum, and you let the energy drain. And I said, well, how do you know if there's energy there? He said, oh, it'll get warm or cool or or uh, you'll, you'll feel an imbalance. So I had this information. I didn't know what to do with it. It was so different than what I was doing before. You know, what I did before was more like massage or more like distance healing or more like just, oh, now you're better, oh, 
I wasn't getting the results I wanted. About a month later, I ran into a Native American shaman in um, Santa Cruz. Now, I'd known this guy for a while. His name was Crowman, a.k.a. Charles Hawkins, who was a Muscogee Creek uh, native. And I believe he was full-blooded. And he was a shaman. He spent a year in the hospital in a coma after a car accident as a kid, and he made the connection with the other side and with healing information. And one day I was in his living room, and we were just talking and goofing around. And 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 like I said, these questions come from the other side. And all of a sudden, you know, we're just joking and smoking and, and, and goofing around. And this question comes through. I said... You know when the when the Native American medicine person is in the tent and he's going hiya 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 and he's got a little drum and there's a fire going and the smoke and the and the injured warrior is stretched out on the cot and he's doing this dance for four hours at a time. I said, what's really going on? And he said, well, he's calling on the man's ancestors and angels and family members and tribe and everyone he knows to be a part of the healing. And I said, my God, he's got a waiting room full of all kinds of other injured warriors. I mean, isn't that a waste of his time? And I was actually poking fun at him, and he got real quiet. And if I wasn't Native American, I don't think he would have said what he said next. He got real quiet and said almost inaudibly, we heal as a tribe or group. If your tribe is sick, you will not stay well. Ooh. And I said, wow. I, I said, my God, what did you say? And he said, a little louder, he said, if your tribe is sick, you will not stay well. And I said, is that how it works? Now, I had been searching for this for many, many years, and I actually had quit going to these cancer conventions and to these, you know, whole life expos and things like that because I had actually given up asking, and I, I had actually accepted that I will never find the keys to healing. When he said that, everything shifted, and I said, I quit, I quit healing. I said, I can't go back to doing what I was doing, but I didn't know what to do. So one day, I, I had this practice, and I had all these people coming to see me every week, and I would work on them, and I would charge them money, and they'd give me money, and I... I called some of my better clients, and I said, come on over here. I want to work on you for free. I've got some new stuff to to try on you. And this old lady comes on over, and she's 80 years old. And I'm working on her for about an hour, and the energy isn't moving, and the energy isn't moving, and the energy isn't moving, and the energy isn't moving. And I said, out of frustration, I said to her angels, what do I have to do to get this energy to move? And they said, put one hand on – now, she's face down on the massage table – and she's covered with blankets. And they said, put one hand on her sacrum and one hand on her occipital. And I said, well, that's what the shaman said to do. And I put one hand on her sacrum and one hand on the occipital, and there was a spark. And I said, okay, the body's made out of water. And it takes a lot of energy to make a spark. I don't know how much energy it takes to make a spark, but body's made out of water, and there's a spark, and where did that spark come from? And they said, early childhood trauma. And I said, the lady is 80 years old, and she's been to every healer in the Bay Area. I said, how come that energy never got discharged? And they, and they said, they never even got close. And I'm saying, out of 80 years of, or whatever number of years she's been seeing healers, and she had pain. So I worked on her for about 20 more minutes. Well, she lost 10 years off of her face in 20 minutes. Now, an 80-year-old person has some wrinkles and some lines and some pain registered in the face. And when she got up off the table, I did not recognize her. And I said, where did Mary go? And she said, I'm Mary. And I said, would you do me a big favor and go down the hall and look in the mirror and uh, tell me what you see in the mirror? And so she goes down the hall. And she looks in the mirror and she says, I remember that's what I looked like when I was young. So I didn't think anything of it. I said, wow, this is great. You know, doing what the shaman said. It's like somebody handed me like a 10-pound gold brick and I had no idea what I had. And 
think much of it, and I just wrote it off and said, well, that's fine, well and good. But I saw her at a party about six months later, and her face did not go back to looking like it was wrenched with pain. And I said, oh, my God, is it permanent? Now, I don't use the word permanent. I use the word long-lasting because there are certain words you can't use in, uh, in he- the healing arts in this country. Okay. So then I called, so I, I, I asked my angels, what do I do with this? This is, this, is, this, is, this is significant. I said, this can change a lot of people's lives for the better. And they said, well, write a book about it. And I said, well, you've got to give me the book because, you know, I'm not that bright. And, um, you know, you've got to give me the material because I don't know anything about this. And they said, fine, we'll, we'll give you the, the information as you need it. And I said, fine. Well, I started working on people, started doing this method, and all I'm doing is connecting two or three points in the body and getting a result, and the energy drains and the people get better. And I've had pain levels go from a nine or an eight down to a two and not ever increase from the two again in about an hour's worth of time, which means I was getting far better results. Then what happened is I discovered... Uh, the ACE study by Kaiser Permanente. This was a study done by Kaiser with uh, 17,000 people back in 19, no, 2003. And what they did is they correlated early childhood trauma with later adult disease. And in their study that was released in 2003, published in 2003, in the medical journals, they said, tell us of your early childhood trauma and we will tell you what diseases you will be susceptible of getting as an adult. And I said, wow, this study's amazing. This, uh, this, just, this study just saved me a million dollars in not having to do it myself. And it wow. was from a legit source. And so, so I called the doctor that did the study. He's down in San Diego. And I said, Doc, um, has the has the test of time borne out the results of your study? And he said, it's more true today than it was 10 years ago. And I said, wow, this is great. And I said, someday when I do a PBS special, could I send a film crew down there to, to have you uh, do an interview and tell about, and tell about your uh, study and the results and, and, what you found and, and all that. And he said, I've been waiting for this call for 10 years. And I said, okay. Now, I haven't put the PBS special together, but the story is so significant, and his study is so significant. And I said, Doc, why, why isn't anyone doing this? And he said, well, you know, when the, when the study first came out, there was all this rah-rah, and this is so great, and we love this, and, and, and TV appearances and, and talk shows. And he said, nobody's doing it. And I said, well, I'm doing it, except I'm, you know, I, I don't focus on figuring out the pain. I'm, I'm into resolution. I want to balance this energy and get these people up and going again. And... So I've come up with this method. Now, okay, here's the evolution of where this is going. At a certain point, I said, okay, now that I have something that works, if I was to work on just one person at a time, by the time my life was over, let's say I live another 20, 30 years, I will not have made a significant impact on this planet healing-wise because I'm only doing one person at a time. So I asked my angel one night, very, very late at night, because I ask late at night just before I go to sleep, and then they give me the answer about 3 in the morning. Um, And this is pretty routine. I do this almost every day. I said to them, how do I I go global with this? How do I I heal large groups of people? And they gave me the information where I put together a book called um, Healing Our Community. And that was a group process where I can take 10 or 15 or 100 or 1,000 people, heal them all at once. That is get their energy to balance in every, every person's body, including people that don't want to take part in the process. And I thought that was pretty hot. 
And then I said, well, even if I do groups of 100 people, I'm still not going to make that great a planetary impact. And I was happily writing on, on or editing one of my books recently, and the angels tapped me on the shoulder, and they say, we, what we want you to do is work on holographic programming the, and programming the universal hologram. That is our wish. And I said, get out of here. You know, you guys bother me enough. <laughs> now, I mean, talking back to the angels is not <laughs> not recommended. Let me put it that way. And I said, "Look, I'm I'm busy editing this book, and this is so important to me, and and I don't, you know, I don't need to hear from you right now, and I'm doing fine." And they said, "No, we want you to drop everything, pull out a sheet of paper, and start writing." Now I'm my relationship with the angels is good enough to where when they speak, I go along with what they say. So I pulled out a sheet of paper and I typed. Universal Holographic Programming. And I said, okay, guys, what do you got? And the information started pouring out. Now, since I'm an angel whisperer, I hope I'm not boring you with this story. Since I'm an angel whisperer, they they talk to me. They just give me information. I am an open, willing receptor of information for them, and my role is I'm their secretary. I write this stuff down as they give it to me, and then I look at it. And there's times I'll I'll read even my early works, and I'll say, my, 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 look what we got here. And when I read it, there's this distance between me and the work. It's like it's their work. I just simply took down the dictation. And so this was dictated to me. Now, towards towards the end of our, our talk today, we'll do a little meditation that was also dictated directly to me. And when I give talks, I say, hey, look, people, you know, I'm up here telling you about this, but this information comes from the other side. You know, I am I am the secretary to the book. I am a secretary to the angels and to the information. And I say to them all the time, why me? And they say, why not? You know, you're here. You're open. You're You're available. And so what we've got here in this process is a is several sheets of paper that have a process down that anyone can do where you invite your angels and ancestors and family members and friends your what I call your entire tribe the great healers of all time and then you ask them to ask their tribes to join you. So you have this enormous quantity of beings participating in this meditation. And sometimes it's a bit overwhelming to me when I think about it. And so you say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to reprogram the universal hologram from fear and anticipation and worry and doubt and conflict and get them before they get you. And what we're going to do is we're going to value, we're going to program into this hologram uh, conflict, conflict resolution, peace, love, harmony, getting along, being willing to compromise at all costs rather than go to battle. And we simply have to shift a paradigm that's going on on this planet that we've outgrown. Basically what it boils down to is the transformation from darkness to light, which the universe and the angels and the entire spiritual realm is all in favor of. And I've been aware of this for many, many years that the that the angels have wanted us to be more peaceful and more forgiving and more... more uh, you know, to negotiate rather than to battle. Paul, and you know what? This, Paul, this seems like a quantum hand, handshake for new life. <laughs> uh, this is like, you know, a talk about tribal, tribal group healings. It's like each individual that has their own group behind them can be healed. This is just tremendous what you're now, talking about. I have, I have a question, Paul. Does this include our ancestors? Okay, yes. 
Um, Stanford recently did a study on your DNA and your body. They found that your DNA goes back at least 100,000 years, and the reason why they can't measure any further than that is because that's the limit of their ability to test. So I'm saying if your DNA in your body represents 100,000 years of ancestry, basically the... Okay, this is so important. I believe your DNA is a tiny little part of the universal hologram. And uh, guys like Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden say, I should say Dr. Bruce Lipton and Dr. Greg Braden, say that um, your DNA is programmable and by your thoughts and that there may be a relationship between your DNA and the, and the uh, universal hologram. And I'm saying, what if that's true? You know, where can we take this? Now, this goes global so fast and so big. When you start asking your ancestors to bring their ancestors and their guides, and now can you imagine inviting Princess Diana or Gandhi or Jesus or the apostles or the disciples or St. Paul or some of the great healers of all, St. Francis, St. Anthony, and you ask them to bring their tribes into the healing process, into the meditation. Wow. You know, Mother Teresa. And you say, look, you know, since we're, since we're doing this meditation, why don't, we, why don't we invite all these people? And then invite your, invite your angels, your guides, your masters. At a certain point, in a way, you've got the whole world in your hands. Yeah. And you say... You say, we are ready for the transformation from darkness to light. We are, we are, okay, the, the guides of the planet have been waiting for the critical mass to be reached. And so now that we're there, and now that we're in an age of transformation, why not call all these great healers and have them invite their tribes to be a part of this, and then let's do it. Let's get it on. Um, you know, and so it is, and so it is. And it's a matter of, I, you know, I'm humbled by how fast this thing grew. Can multiply? Yeah. yeah, because I actually started on this project mid- December, having no interest in it in it whatsoever before then, but just mid-December, things started going very, very big, very, very quickly, and you know the process was given to me, the information, you know, a chapter or two in the book was given to me. Now I'm still working on the two shamans and a healer book, but there's going to be a, a small section in the book that. Um, that mentions that it's possible now to reprogram the universal hologram, and you do that with your intention and with your visioning that it's already taken place, just like the people said in the uh, secret, where you you speak it and you vision it. And uh, the basis of all this is um, seek and you will find, ask and you will receive. Um, There's a couple more. My people suffer for want of knowledge. And uh, my people get not because they ask not. And it's like, well, if we get not because we ask not, what's keeping us from asking? Very simple question, you know? <laughs> Any, so there it is. Uh, basically, that was what Jesus was teaching. Yes, and it took us, what, a couple thousand years to piece it all together and make it easy for people to understand so you can actually get your own tribe together and you can work on them. And, you know, I can still heal one person at a time, but it's like, wow, if I can heal the entire group, that's really something. So you see how it went from just handling a single person to healing a group, a tribe, and then from from healing the tribe to taking it absolutely global to where we can shift maybe the entire global paradigm, universal paradigm. 
the the guides of the planet want this to happen. I mean, this is not like you know wishful thinking on my part. This is actually strict obedience to their command. Wow, with the internet the way it is now, you can reach so many people so quickly with webinars and that all kinds. That's that's where it's going. Can you imagine people in say ten or fifteen different countries? gathering a group of their friends together. Now, okay, the key to this whole thing is the first time people are going to hear about this is on your radio show and at East West. And we're actually going to do the meditation at East West. And it's like, how much healing will be a blessing to you if you help heal the planet? What will the planet do for you in return? You know, especially the guides and masters of the planet. So it's a matter of, for years I was focused on how do we handle cancer and how do we handle uh, Parkinson's and how do we handle AIDS and how do we handle, you know, and and my focus was very, very small. Now the way I look at it is if we shift the universal hologram to health and happiness and peace and balance and, and thriving, what does that do for your health? And and is the focus on just cancer or just heart disease or just some of these other major killers, um, isn't that too small a focus? And you know, it's interesting when you when you think about this, it's almost as if you're you're breathing in, you can breathe in all your ancestry, you know, because you have all this in background. And so it's almost at your fingertips already. And then it's like you take a sweater and you take one end of the yarn that the sweater has been knitted, and you start just pulling, and all of these diseases simply unravel. The possibilities are astound me. I, you know, one of my strengths is I can take a really complex subject and make it absolutely simple to understand, and. In this in this book, it'll be okay. Get your group together. You know, step number two: invite your angels, ancestors, um, guides, masters, friends, family, all the great healers that have ever existed. You know, your Saint Germain and your your yeah. uh, all of them, and then get them to agree to join you in this in this meditation or this healing process. Then you read line one, and you have them do it, and you read line two, and you have them do it, and you read line three, and you have them do it. It's like if you can if you can simply have the intention to make a difference, and you step into that desire mm-hmm. to go from complaining about the world situation to actually doing something positive towards it. Sometimes it's a big step because it's it's a responsibility. It's a it's a caring. It's a now I'm not going to complain about it anymore. I'm going to call my friends. We're going to get them together and we're going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's you have to step out of that comfort zone, just like starting your own business, or just like launching a new product, or just like writing a new book, or whatever it is. You you go from sitting on the couch thinking about it to stepping into that power and saying, okay, this is what I want to do. Now, now, part of my message here is I need help doing this. I need large groups of people to, to say, okay, um, this is our best shot at fixing the con- conflict, conflicted areas that we see on planet Earth. And... I'm so tired of conflict and the news about conflict and how how some people's opinion is is that what we we don't need negotiation what we need is more war we need to put troops on the you know all this sort of stuff and it's like my gosh why isn't anyone saying we just need to shift the hologram and you know if Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden are right that we can actually reprogram it here's the process. Here's the process. You know? Wow. Just think if somebody's ancestor was Hitler and we've reprogrammed that whole... That whole paradigm. 
Yes. <laughs> well, a lot of people at that time that thought he was the next best thing to white sliced bread. And they were sort of put into a trap with this man's charisma and his power and his control, and they were afraid of him then, and then he did a lot of damage to the planet. Um, hopefully we can shift that paradigm too, that that power at all costs and greed at all costs and fear that's absolutely monumental. You know? Paul, can you, Paul, can you t- tell a little more what's going to happen at the East West Bookstore? Okay, well... At the East West Bookstore, I'm going to tell the story of two shamans and and a healer. I will have the book there so that they can purchase the book. Um, I may take this radio broadcast and just put it on a CD and have it available for people. I don't know. I, uh, you know, whatever. And, but I will probably have some notes on holographic healing to pass out to people. And just say, I'm I'm needing a team of people that will work with me on this project, getting the word out. And um, you know, you can use Facebook, you can tweet it out, you can do whatever. I'm not ver- I am I am social media challenged. I other than <laughs> Facebook, really, really don't have a lot of grasp on a lot of this stuff. Well, Paul, and you actually said it'd be really people good. In Paul, the you- audience may have that ability, and I simply want to get the word out. That's the whole idea. Paul, and we're going to do a group healing Paul, process. Yes. Okay. You actually said that you wanted, you know, for people to come, but to bring a partner because you were going to work with them. Um, oh, yes. In that it's event. an audience participation event. I only talk for about 10 to 15 minutes, and then we grab a partner and we go into it. So you're going to actually teach them the healing method. Yes, the whole idea. Okay, this is so different than everything else out there that you, you've got to experience it to believe it. Okay, it, it is an experiential process. Um, you have to see it to believe it. Um, I'm going to have some people videoing there because I'll use it in, in little a little promotional video to send to TV and radio stations to... You know, I'd like to be on coast to coast. I'd like like to be on some of the bigger stages, um, getting the information out so that people start doing this. You know, I can't I can't do it all myself, and I'm willing to make the information available and build a team uh, to get it out. But yes, we will have we will have individual healing, and then we will then we will go into the group process. And and what we do is we get everybody to stand up and, and form a circle and and we actually do the do a process and it's a healing it's a step by step process. I'll I'll be reading out of a book and I give one line and have them do it and then give the next line. Everything we say is positive. We don't we don't say anything negative. And the people are in a circle. If there's a lot of people we have two circles, one inside the other. And you know, one of my goals is to have a stadium of a of a thousand people or, or even more, and invite all the angels and ancestors and tribes, and then have their tribes invite their tribes. And I believe I I don't know if you're familiar with the story of the hundredth monkey, but I believe that once we reach the hundredth monkey, and that might be enough people to do it, enough beings to do it. Again, the the guides of the planet are in agreement with the shift. Okay, we're just making it easier for them. And so so there will definitely be one-on-one healing. The whole event is an audience participation event. I give them enough information to do the processes, and then we do the process. And the more we do, the, uh, the more the people experience it, the more they will know that it works. Great. And and what will happen at your, uh, I think it's a four-hour workshop the next day? The next day is a workshop. It goes from one to four. It's a three-hour workshop. Three hours. And we'll teach you the finer details of the process and how to how to take it absolutely globally. And it won't just be a rehash of the day before because there's only so much you can do in an hour and a half. And... Um, 
so it'll go in deeper. And we'll do, we'll do, uh, I tell people, everyone that shows up, if you want to get worked on, you will be worked on. And it'll be well worth your time and, and, and you know, whatever you spend for materials. Fantastic. Well, when you when you take when you uh, make your video, make sure you give it to us because we'll put it up on our Facebook. That would be great. I uh, yeah. What I'll do is I'll take an event that's an hour and a half long, and we'll cut it down to about a fifteen minute segment so that it's a it's a small enough file size to upload in various places. Paul, you know what I'd like you to do is make sure you give out your phone number so if anybody has questions, they can connect with you. And okay. um, and your also your website um, and an email. So let's start. Your website is healingangelguides.com, and your email is healingangelsguide at yahoo.com. Is that right? Yes, but it's it's healingangelguides. Guides is plural at yahoo.com, and on Thank the you. website, guides is plural also because okay. there's more than one guide. Okay, great. And your phone number you want to give out? The phone number where you can reach me, and I'm willing to talk to any person, anytime, on any subject, including angels and ancestors and healing, and that's 408-253-6577. And if um, I don't pick up, uh, just leave a message and I'll, and with a phone number, and I'll call you back. Okay, great. All right. Um, So you have written this book, and I would like you to just um, you know you talked about the the body and and the um, and my question to you is how how do you know that Cells have memory, and that's real. Okay, boy, they. I'll tell you something. This study comes out of the U.S. Army back in the fifties. What they did is they took a soldier. You wouldn't think it would go back that far, and you wouldn't think the U.S. Army would do a study like this. But what they did is they took cells out of this one soldier's arm. I think they took cells out of out of him. And this soldier was in Los Angeles, and they shipped his cells off to medics in Phoenix, Arizona. And what they did is they put a saline or an acidic solution into the Petri dish with with the cells from this uh, soldier, in Los Angeles, and the cells in Phoenix would respond. Now, Albert Einstein said that there's something that operates in what he called the ether, and it transcends time and space. And every single time they put a drop of this saline solution on the cells in Los Angeles, the cells in Phoenix would respond. Now, this is heavy. Now, this was in the 50s. And they concluded that there's connection that they can't explain that the cells communicate with each other across distance, across tremendous amounts of space. So there's there's other studies, too. If you go into uh, Google or into YouTube, just type in cell memory. There was once this... Uh, 10-year-old girl that needed a heart transplant. This is another story. Sends chills down your spine. There was this 10-year-old girl that needed a heart, and another little girl was murdered, and so the girl needing the heart got the heart of the girl that was killed. Well, the, the, the receiving girl, the, the receptor, the, the uh, receiver, started having these horrible nightmares about being killed. So the parents said, look, we gotta, we got to help our little child here, and they sent her to a psychiatrist. And after about three months, the psychiatrist said, this is not a bad dream. This is recall because the story never changes, and every time she tells it, the details are more vivid. So 
they wrote up a report and sent it to the police department of the city where the the little girl was murdered, and they arrested the killer, tried him, and convicted him on the <laughs> on the information from the girl. <laughs> On the information from the girl, <laughs> it's hard to handle the story. Um, they convicted the killer on the information of the transplant recipient's information. It was that accurate. Months after the murder had happened. And that's from a book that was written in the 70s. This is when heart transplants first started to happen globally. Um, and the name of the book, I believe, was The Heart Remembers. Wow. And it's it's wow. been decades since this has been out. So, you know, I take this these little bits of information from all over the place and I, I have this ability to just put them together in a form where it all makes sense so that when you read my books you get this global view of how it all fits together and you say, Wow, yeah, that's how it works. I knew that. <laughs> Well, Bruce, Lipton, Bruce Lipton has done uh, some experiments that was very similar. In the, yeah, Bruce Lipton also says that uh, the cells remember. Greg Braden backs that up. And I think the the mainstream alternative medicine doctors are starting to agree, like Dr. Oz and uh, Dr. Coop, Dr. Um, oh, my. I don't. The names escape me right now. But several of the uh, alternative doctors are, are starting to say that the uh, the cells remember. See, I just use this information, and I go forward. You can look it up. You can Google it because this 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 information is out there online. Now, um, you know what, Paul? Let me let me just stop you a second. I just got done listening to David Wilcock, <clears throat> and he was saying that because of all of the injury that. Um, it, it, that um, the plants have had with GMOs, and you know the the um, making them not of a wholeness kind of plant and beneficial. That he actually says that once a vibration um, is placed back onto the plant, the plant will remember its original original good health, and that. Um, that really shocked me, um, and it proved it. So it's like all of this stuff that that has happened. Um, there is a reversal, and he indicated that the dolphins and the whales and the humans and um, all of the different animals we all have a similar because we're on this planet. We all have a similar. Um, uh, matching uh, DNA, except one little trigger is different for the animal. One little tiny little blip is different for a whale. One little is different for us. And then, but other than that, everything else matches. And that, so it's even like the plants when they have become injured with the GMOs, that. It's just one once a frequency is reignited back into these plants, they'll turn back normal. And um, <laughs> I, I thought, oh my God, I just heard that, you know, a couple nights ago. And <clears throat> so we're coming together here, realizing our planet can become whole again. This is just really exciting. I mean, we could do it with polluted water. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The we can reverse all the damage that has been done rather rapidly because basically there's truth and a, a GMO grain or a GMO product is is not the truth and and the even the plants recognize the truth yeah. and. You know, when I when I'm writing, I ask what what's the truth here? You know, where is the truth? What do I need to know? And um the angels have no reason to lie. Uh, they don't have an agenda basically. And so um 
when I put things down, I just say this is how it comes down, um, and hopefully your belief system allows you to see the truth in it and uh, do the process. Paul, we only have a, a couple minutes, uh, you know, about five, six, seven minutes left. I want to um, connect with you, and if you please would just briefly, Go maybe ahead. one or two-minute thing, share how to stay grounded. I think it's really important for people to know that because that's how literally walking on the ground in your bare feet to bring back the health into people's bodies too. Can you just kind of touch on, on that, how to stay grounded? Okay. The... Okay, the Native Americans, as as a rule, went barefoot as as often as they can because their feet needed to be in contact with the ground. Um, the ground means the earth. The ultimate ground is the ocean, where you jump in the ocean and every, it electrically, through the salt in the water, connects you to the biggest ground that there is, which is the basin of the ocean. Um, I was taught that when you meditate, it's better to sit on the ground than it is to sit in a chair so that your skin is in contact with the ground. And I was told the story that when the Met, when the Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree, he, he, um, his ankles were bare, and so they were in contact with the ground, and he put his back up against the tree so that the tree acted like an antenna so he could become enlightened. Ooh. And then, as the story goes, he was enlightened. So I take the story of grounding from the Buddha, and we all could use a little bit of enlightenment around here. <laughs> and... So the idea is, let's say you're sleeping in bed and you want to stay grounded. Well, you can picture a silver cord going from your sacrum to the center of the earth, and that helps with grounding, but the, but the moment you don't focus on that, it tends to break the connection. So what I do is I, I come from a computer repair background, and I'm used to these grounding straps that they sell at... Radio Shack and Fry's and other electronic stores around. And there's a little test uh, receptacle that you can plug into the outlet and just test it for whether the ground is good or not. And then I actually make these grounding straps, and I test every single one of them that I make. And But any grounding strap will do. You can go to Fry's and get one. You can go to any, any uh, electronic store. And get them online, get them on eBay, just type in grounding strap. And you plug it in, and what I do is I have just a thin piece of aluminum foil that goes around my wrist, and I hook an alligator clip from the, from the grounding wire to my wrist, and I am grounded when I go to sleep. Now, because it's aluminum foil, if I toss and turn, which I am sometimes wont to do, and it tears the aluminum, well, guess what? I'm out the aluminum strip, and I have to go get another piece of aluminum and make another one for the next night, and it's okay. And during the night is the most... I've tried the grounding sheets, and they don't seem to work that well, you know, where you can put these silver thread sheets on your bed, and and it helps you ground. And so um, I'm not real impressed with those. When I'm grounded, I can actually feel that I'm connected to the earth. And in our society, we we live in houses that in many cases are raised above the ground. And even if you go barefoot in your house, there's no connection with the ground. Paul, maybe when you go uh, to the event on the May 25th, you just might bring that so people can see how you're doing it. That would be really good. Um, Is that that in your book? Is that the... Yes, you there's a talk chapter about that in your book. They grounded, and I think okay. the story of the Buddha is also in there. How the Buddha, how the Buddha became enlightened, and grounding was a big part of it. Grounding is balance, and and healing is balance. Yeah. And you want to you want to achieve that state of balance. Mm-hmm. Now, how Paul, how long is your your meditation that you wanted to share? Is it a couple minutes? About a, it's about a minute and a half to two minutes. And, you know, if we run we out should, of time, I gently end we should, off. Yeah. 
We need to do, we it should now. do that right now. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Now, if you're if you're if you're if you're just alone, it's okay to do the the meditation alone. And if you are in a if you have friends around, it's best to either sit or stand in a circle and just hold hands facing each other, and we can start the meditation. And I'll I'll. Uh, so here we go. I want you to invite all your angels, your guides, masters, your family members, friends, everyone you've ever known to be a part of this meditation. And we call this your tribe. Invite all the great healers that you can think of to be a part of this, of your tribe also, in a part of this meditation. That includes you know, Gandhi and, and uh, Jesus and Mother Teresa and St. Anthony and St. Francis and all the great healers of all times, Mary and Joseph, who were also healers. Now, each member of your tribe has a tribe of their own, and even your angels have tribes because they've been around for a long time and they know a lot of people. So ask out loud each member of your tribe, please invite all members of, your, of all your tribes to help in this meditation and please don't leave anyone out. And I'll have you simply ask them, you know, please invite all all members of all your tribes to help with this meditation. And then you say out loud. Now, the reason why we say out loud is because ask and you will receive. It doesn't say think about it or wishful think about it. It says ask. So I ask out loud to your tribe. I support your healing and my healing enough to help you for the next couple minutes. Then you say out loud to your tribe, you are enough just the way that you are. You are enough for your life, for your families, and for the world. You are enough just as you are for the healing of the universal hologram. And then you say, I want you to help in joining with my intention and my vision for helping the the Earth guides achieve the goal of transformation of the people of Earth from darkness to light. This is a shift in awareness. I want you to see this transformation with your own eyes as if it has already happened, just like the um, secret says. Now, remember that you are light, you are love, and you are healing. Now I invite you to picture yourself and your tribe going around this great big hologram with brooms and sweeping away all traces of prejudice, all traces of fear, all traces of misunderstanding, of hate, of the desire to injure, all traces of apprehension of other people, all traces of past pain and suffering, all traces of all major diseases, all the desire from profiting from war, all, all traces of greed at the expense of others, all criminality, all using people for your own benefit and not for theirs. And as you and your tribe sweep away the negative, you all consciously replace it with thoughts of peace, harmony, care, and love, Joy, resolution, the willingness to get along, cooperation for the survival of all, brotherly love, happiness for all, and the positive things you wish for the hologram to become. And when the hologram is clean, say to it, thank you, hologram, for allowing us to clean you and help you with the positive input. It is okay to shift to these positive values now, and you have all your tribe and their tribes say, it is okay for this shift to happen now, because everything's in the present. So when you say now, it's present. It's like, gee, it'd be nice to happen in, in a week or two. No, <laughs> it's okay to happen right now. Okay, and Paul, we, we, we're, we we're out okay. of time. <laughs> we're out of time. Well, well, just thank your tribe for being a part of this uh, healing Okay, God okay. bless. And your your website is healingangelguides.com. Paul yes. Barbaro's phone number is 408-253-6577.
Paul, we are so thankful that you are in our universe. <laughs> Thank you for being with us on your today. Sh- we. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.